Welcome to the Trading School Podcast. Trading made so simple, it will change the way you approach the markets. Now your host, Jonathan Rose. Welcome everybody, this is Jonathan and this is gonna be podcast number 006. And today I'm super excited. I have someone who I've been working with probably for about, I don't know, a year and a half, almost two years, and that's Warren Lorenz. And Warren is the owner of Tech Meets Trader. And so he'll tell you all about that. Warren, welcome to, uh, to the podcast. Thrilled to have you. Thanks, Jonathan. Really appreciate you having me. Oh, this is, this is awesome. So Warren and I were just talking, and Warren's got a, a great background, a, a great story, and started this company, Tech Meets Trader, which I'd love for, if you could tell everybody all about. But I first met Warren just in some random Facebook room when I was first starting Active Day Trader and when I was just trying to learn more about the retail trading community and, and just the conversations that were going on in these rooms. And Warren reached out to me with a few trading questions. And since then, we've been, we've been, we've been friends going back and forth. And he's been a premier member of Active Day Trader for, I don't know, probably about 16, 17 months. So Warren, again, welcome. Why don't you tell everybody about Tech Meets Trader, the mission, exactly what you guys are doing. Um, I think everybody would, would definitely get a lot of benefit by going to check that out. Thanks, Jonathan. So Tech Meets Trader is a social community for active investors or self-directed investors. Um, we ultimately create investment communities around specific niches and interests around the market. So we want to connect individuals that are like-minded in whether you're a dividend investor, swing trader, or a day trader, and help people not only share strategies, but also you know, increase their edge that they have in the market. It's, uh, it's been great an experience so far, and I'm really glad that you know, we've had the opportunity to you know, work alongside some of the educators like yourself. And I originally started it off you know, from those Facebook groups that you just mentioned. You know, we met a little over a year and a half ago, and at that point, you know, I was still in college, and I had just passed the Series 766 of FINRA licenses and exams, and I really wanted to get more of a practical sense as, you know, how to manipulate and go through the market by my own uh, edge and see what really worked for me. And the nice thing about me, me, being in the community and you know, connecting with someone like yourself is it really showed me that there's a lot of information out there that the average retail investor just isn't exposed to, right? So by being able to gain exposure to education, you know, of your nature, and can put that into a whole, you know, decentralized, completely free community where everyone can go in, it really has allowed me personally to develop as, you know, a trader and and um, see the success that I've been looking for. That's so. You launched Tech Meets Trader when you were still in school. Yes, sir. I was still actually That's still awesome. here in school. <laughs> Wait, what was that? I still am in school. I graduate this semester. I um, I took a longer route because I did two and a half years of mechanical engineering, and ended up taking a little time off from school when I pursued. I uh, was actually left Northwestern Mutual when I was doing mechanical engineering and was a vice president of finance for a software firm up in San Francisco, where we were funded by a micro venture capitalist called 500 Startups. And with the firm, I spent 
almost a year with them, raising about like 1.2 million, and then decided to start Tech News Trader when I started actively, you know, taking my uh, salary and, and started investing it and seeing the success that I wanted and working alongside you. That is that is so cool. So, have you always kind of had a entrepreneurial kind of thought process? Did you always know that you wanted to start your own business? I did. But I feel that nobody fully understands what it means to be an entrepreneur until you're, you're you know, knee deep in it. And uh, I always love the idea, you know, of being able to start something, lead a team, um, create a movement and, and, you know, make a difference. But I never really understood how difficult it really can be to get through that path. So, I mean, my family is, my father is actually an entrepreneur. He owns a construction firm that he had started with his father. And I actually deviated away from the family business by leaving mechanical engineering. And I think it was actually the best decision I had ever done. You know, I really found my passion. I'm able to pursue it. And I get to meet really, really uh, influential people in this space. And I, I learn from them every day. And I mean, from my perspective, I mean, you know, at my age, that's really all I could ask for. Yeah. I mean, since I, since I met you, you, you were always someone who always stood out to me. And I think that's why we've kind of communicated so much over this last year. You're just very, very impressive, very driven. And when I meet a lot of people or somebody reaches out to me over, over Facebook, the difference with you is just being very, very humble, asking questions. You know, some people are, are always trying to prove what they know rather than, Hey, someone's kind of interesting out there. I'd love to ask them a few questions. And that always struck me. So you've just <laughs> always been a really, really impressive kind of student of the, of the game. So starting Tech Meets Trader, though, you were in a contest, right? Yes. So actually, the way in which we launched our business was at my university, University of San Diego, we have a, it's called a venture to pitch competition where it's primarily actually for the graduate school. And we were the only undergraduates that qualified. And at the time we were juniors and, um, or I was a junior rather. And yeah, so I went in front of 500 people and I gave a, a pitch about this idea that I had for creating an investment community similar to, you know, a Facebook like of stocks environment where, you know, you can jump in the live trading rooms, um, you know, paid groups, you can actually meet people uh, across the platform, share trades, you know, join chat rooms and just really cultivate a community of, of people that are do-it-yourself investors. And we received, uh, out of the $30,000 prize, we received 25000 of the, of the $30,000. Um, and we came in first place. And from there, it was kind of a snowball effect. So we won the V2 pitch competition. And then we were invited to a pitch competition up in San Francisco at a um, micro venture capital firm called plug and play and where we competed against MIT, UCLA. Um, what was it? Berkeley. There was USC and a few other schools. Nonetheless, uh, we won that one as well, which was just, you know, huge validation uh, along the way. And so these pitch competitions really helped us snowball the momentum where, uh, we kind of were able to receive more substantial funding from a, a private investor, um, angel investor. And, you know, from there, we, we were able to now run sustainably and we're actually looking at breaking even within the next few months. So it's really exciting. It's been a long process and a big investment in 
to the software in itself and just the community, but it's totally worth it. I mean, the education and the people that I've met and, you know, just the overall uh, network that we've built has just been phenomenal so far. That's really, that's really amazing. So when, when you were, and I, I've seen the pitch, right? That's, that's, you have, you have the video of the original pitch? I do. So the, I have a few pitches. So the first one I did, like I mentioned, was at University of San Diego. Then I went to San Francisco. I think both of those are recorded. And then in at University of UCSD, uh, I won their pitch day there as well and came in second in the West Coast Global Student Entrepreneurship Awards. So it, I think all of those are floating around somewhere around the internet. It kind of depends on what you search. Oh, you know what? I, I've seen one of them. I'd actually love to see the others. And I'm sure many of the people listening would as well. So if it's okay with you, why don't we grab a couple of those videos? And if you're listening, if you go to activedaytrader.com forward slash podcast, this will be episode six. Click on episode six, and we'll put the, a few of those pitches on there. I think that would be really valuable for, for people to get a real understanding of the business. Definitely. That'd be phenomenal. I can even um, send you guys an updated pitch deck too and uh, you know, do a mock pitch for you guys. I'm actually practicing now because we're been meeting with venture funds to take it to that next stage. So, you know, it's always kind of a, an improving, let's say, um, skill, you know, that every entrepreneur really, really needs to have. You, fortunately, you're able to just fluently talk and pitch through, right, through anything. I don't know how you do it, Jonathan. It's, it's impressive. <laughs> you know, well, I'm, I'm, I'm very comfortable in my wheelhouse of, of talking stocks, options, and futures, but uh, take me out of that and then you'll see a whole different person. So I, I like to, you know, stay where I'm comfortable. That's fair. <laughs> no, I'm a little bit, I'm, I'm, I'm good with stocks, options, um, futures, not as well as you, or good as you, obviously, but I think I got you in the software part. So I think maybe together, you know, we'll have to combine forces one day. Well, it's not even close in the software, but it's fantastic. Even like when we're talking and sharing ideas, the speed that you're able to execute because you can code and you have a team behind you as well is, you know, you can execute a thousand times faster than I can. So that's always really impressive. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a learning process, you know, and it's all just it's all been centered around building this community and kind of this has always been my dream is being able to be able to support myself professionally from uh, my own personal trades, you know, and I mean, I'm at that point now where I'm feeling more and more confident that as I graduate this January that, you know, my uh, options will expire worthless, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So you must get exposed to a lot of educators as well, especially with the uh, trillion people on YouTube claiming to be an expert. Are people knocking down down your door to get on your site? How, how does that work? Yes, so we actually have had a lot of interest in the platform and in, in the network itself. Um, we do partner with educators where we'll host live trading rooms. For example, we have a futures trading, you know, live trading scalping room. It's different than your education for sure. I wouldn't even say it's you know, competitive, but. Uh, we also, you know, are working with, say, Robinhood investors, and we kind of really want to satisfy the education niche, you know, for everyone, regardless. And I really think that it's uh, it's, it's been mostly inbound, you know, relationships at this point, and we receive more interest than we can actually onboard in the short term. So I give priority to the people 
that I'm really excited to work with because I truly believe in their education programs. And because I personally would get value out of it, if I don't think I can learn from the individual or if I don't think that they have something that, you know, is going to improve my trading experience, because I, I love learning about it all. I mean, that's what I do thinking about at night. I, I'll read through, you know, 10Ks, and 13-F filings. I don't know. I'm just a weird guy like that, right? So it's uh, if, as long as we can get everyone, you know, on that's credible, they're giving good education, that's what really fires me up. And um, it's, it's been fluid so far. Well, that's got to be comforting to the community as well, knowing that you guys are doing due diligence on the educators and you're not just letting anybody come on your platform and sell their services or just educate the community if you don't feel like they really have the, the chops to be, to be teaching. Oh, 100%. And you know, we were in relationships too where we, I hadn't been exposed to their service and from what I researched and when I jumped in, from, they gave me you know, some free trials and we hosted a live trading room on the platform with them. And it just turned out that their service wasn't something I really wanted to champion. So, you know, we, we kind of seized the relationship. And uh, if that happens, that works too. And it's, you know, completely fine because we're, you know, free platform for everyone. We're not saying that we can't be on our platform. It's just when it comes from that extra support and really kind of championing, you know, leading educators such as yourself, that's, these are the type of individuals that are truly bringing value to our, our market, the retail market, right? And that's who I want to be working with. It's interesting. So another thing that I've noticed on your platform, which I think is really great, and I don't know if, if, if this is something by design or, or just got lucky, but I noticed that when I'm reading or if I share something, everyone's very, very positive. Everyone will asking questions, sharing information as opposed to a lot of other places where there's a community like that or like a Twitter where you post something, everybody is first so negative and, and, and telling you why the idea stinks or you know, what they did that's so much better. It, it just seems like whenever I'm on the board in TechMates Trader, everyone's like just so nice. <laughs> Very, I, I do. I really, you know, if, if you go and the things that I posted and read the, the stories below or the comments below, so positive, which is not something you usually find in, in many of these like Facebook groups or Twitter or, or whatever. Is that, how does that work? How, you know, do you just get lucky with that? Because there, there seems to be people who are genuinely interested in learning and adding value. No, definitely. I think it's a combination of luck, right? Where we've just been able to acquire an audience that has just been, like you said, overly friendly compared to the other groups, but it's also kind of by design and, you know, by treating everyone with respect, you know, respect is, is earned and, and not just given. Right. And so everyone in the platform is kind of in a similar situation where, you know, we are self-directed investors. We have been for any period amount of time, or we're looking to learn. And there's one specific commonality that kind of binds us together. And that's the fact that we don't know it all. And by sharing other perspectives and hearing other perspectives, I think we've cultivated a really good community where it's okay to be wrong. And I mean, you're, you even see people on our platform closing out trades where they'll lose on the majority of their position, right? I mean, just the other day, I saw an options train, uh, I think it was like a credit spread. Uh, one of our friends, Jose, posted, and he was down 60% on, on the trade. He said to close it out. 
And he actually closed it on the platform and everyone else can see it. And now it seems really scary, but a really, really great conversation derived out of that. I mean, it was a learning lesson, not just for him, but it was also a learning lesson for everyone else that's friends with him and, and has been trading alongside him. And when he was sharing his experience, it really it, it clicked. You know, it really clicked that it's okay to make yourself a little bit vulnerable. It's okay to say, okay, this is my entry and exit price for you know, if we're tra- trading ten contracts, that doesn't really move the needle in the market, right? And you know, even if you get up to to certain levels, it doesn't really move the the needle when it comes to the retail investor, which is the majority of people on our platform. So. It's not. It's not in the fact of where we have bad intentions and we, you know, we want to work against each other. It's more of how can we work together to all be more profitable. Because if I make my sway money buys, you know, one of the ideas that I'm taking action on, or I've found, or you, you know, are posting in our community like your XRF lockup trades, right? And I just hadn't looked through any of the filings, and you present a really great trade opportunity. Well why would I not want to look further into it and see if I could take advantage of it, you know, and increase my edge even if I, if I can. And it's, it's proven. I've consistently been able to, you know, work alongside people to learn better uh, risk management skills and trading opportunities. And I've been able to, I guess, as a byproduct, be more profitable. And, and I guess that's ultimately the goal, but nonetheless, it's the journey which really is exciting, but the end goal obviously is being able to pay the bills, right? So when that works, I guess everything really kind of full, comes around full circle and puts a smile on your face. And and you're doing it right with the, I mean, the end goal to to pay the bills, but not just off somebody else's trade idea. The end goal really is to be able to to fish on your own, to be able to find those ideas on your own, and to be able to help others because. Sure, you can get a trade idea from someone and maybe you make money, maybe you lose money, but that's not sustainable. That's not going to help you going forward. Right, 100%. And also, and also I mean, as a community, we, we are as strong as, you know, as much value as we can bring to each other, right? So we want to, it just makes a lot of sense to not only are you going to be helping other people and you get to look yourself better in the mirror saying, it's okay that I made a whole bunch of money on this one trade. Because I alerted my community and my friends got in too, and I wasn't the only one, you know. And you can kind of build a tribe like that. And so I'm not sure if you know this, but uh, I we live with our team in our apartment, right? And <laughs> that's uh, awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, we are the essence of a startup. I mean, we we're all living together, sharing rooms, working out of a living room, working seven days a week. And I mean, you will see a chart on our screen every single day of the week. That's so cool. It's it's awesome. And and uh, I mean, I was able to start working with Brandon and John, who John also was working with me at Northwestern Mutual a while back, and. Brandon as well, but wasn't necessarily in the, let's say, um, security side. And now they're both extremely profitable traders. I mean, John made really, really great returns this past month. And it's been because of his entire experience. You know, it wasn't just, I'm going to get rich off this one uh, trade. No, it was through the process, you know, through learning how to manage risk, through learning how to actually give yourself an edge, right? Tilting, like you say, the odds in your favor. You want to be the casino and, and increasing your probability of success in every single trade that you, you do. And when you have that mindset, and even when you know you know certain concepts, like when you send me a video in my email, Jonathan, sometimes I've already 
you know, kind of mastered that concept, but nonetheless, having you revisit the, you know, mantra and the education just reminds you and, and to, you know, keep going in that, down that path. And, um, it's, it's really, it's a really great reminder for me. It helps me keep level headed and kind of take emotion out of it. And that's really where we've seen the best, you know, value as a team. Right. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. And it just gives you confidence. It gives you confidence that, you know what, you're looking at it correctly. And then you take that information and, you know, you can even, and take it further. You said a, a few things that I wanted to touch on. So I, I, I told you, and before we, we spoke, you said you listened to the Kramer podcast where Jim Kramer reached out to me, really was, you know, from his words, blown away by the content and asked to be on, on the podcast. And when I interviewed Jim on podcast four, one of the things that he said to me, which I've been really trying to work on more and more is don't talk about the winners. You don't need to talk about the winners if you want to explain the winners and let people know why they, they worked. And it wasn't just like a feel or a guessing type thing. That's one thing. But where you're really going to learn and where the community is really going to learn is if you can go over the trades that haven't necessarily worked. So that's something that he said. And when I was listening back, I'm like, wow, this is, you know, he's, he's been teaching, you know, for 30 years or, or whatnot. So being able to take that is, is really valuable. The other thing that you pointed out was a trade that we just had in the premier membership, which was XRF. And XRF, if, if you would, just kind of maybe explain the trade, explain, you know, kind of if, if you've taken those trades before, if it makes sense to you, because I posted something in Tech, Tech Meets Trader saying, what, what I say, I said, oh, I'll give you one stock to, to judge me on if, if XRF, it was XRF and uh, an overstock. So I got yep. some nice comments from the community. If I was going to be judged on, on two stocks, those worked out pretty well. They sure did, you know. Uh, so in particular, the XRF trade was a very simple, basic lockup trade. As I'm sure, you know, your audience for the most part knows, um, insiders, their shares are locked up for 180 days um, after the initial IPO, right? And so when you see, for example, Snapchat uh, or any, you know, major IPO, they all have a spike up in the beginning and, you know, they're popular because there's restricted supply. And these insiders are locked up from actually selling. And so the price goes up and they you know, naturally want to lock in profits. So if you're sitting from an insider's perspective at something that IPO, and I'm just going to use round numbers at $10, right? And it's trading at $20, you know, let's say 100, 100 days from now. Well, you're going to want to lock in profits, especially if a lot of that compensation was a lot of that was compensation from the firm in itself, right? It went in the form of like an equity incentive program, but I digress. So the trade is a supply and demand trade. And, you know, right before the lockup expiration, a lot of times these restricted stocks will obviously hit the market and will create an imbalance that just can't be sustained in the short term. So even when I was going through my Series 7, Series 66, uh, licensing, this was actually something on a fundamental basis that they really hit home. And they actually taught you from a different perspective of just saying, hey, don't buy 100 days. And so they looked at it more in the buyer's perspective and saying, hey, just, you know, quick note, don't buy right before the expiration 
of, you know, the lockup expiration. And it really started making sense then. But then when I started seeing that you could take these concepts and, and actually you look at the supply and demand imbalance, and I believe it was for XRF where they had 10 million outstanding shares before the lockup. And then I think it was 39 million, 39 million, right. Coming to market. So how, how, how is a stock like that going to be able to, to, you know, maintain that support? You just can't, there's just, just avalanches fly, like you say, come into the market and it's going to sell off. It's, it's just, it can't. And then obviously it's not saying that it's going to be there forever, but the trade isn't that we're making it forever, right? We're saying that, you know, going into this lockup period, two or three weeks in advance, if there's a supply demand imbalance, well, then we're just going to want to get short because it makes sense. And that's giving us an edge, right? And I did that with your, I mean, you pointed out the XRF. I was like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. I went through, I looked at the filing, I verified. And, you know, just because for me, I, I always just want to verify. I, did I wish everybody would do that. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I get so nervous because I, I'm always sharing different ideas or earnings trades or, or whatever. And I'm always saying, please just double check my work because I like, I like the trade, but you make one little mistake, it could end up, I'm okay if it costs me a bunch of money, but what I can't deal with is if I make a mistake and it's just like a silly mistake and, and subscribers end up losing because of it, that would that's really tough for me to take. So I love hearing that you're actually checking the filings. Oh, definitely. And I did that with Okta as well. And on those two lockup trades alone, and these are just recent successes, right, within the last 60 days, um, I, I was up on the Octa trade. I think it was at, at close at a 260%, 260% gain. And on the XRF trade, I, I closed it at a 320%. And I mean, I'm not trying to advertise, hey, you know, be with Jonathan, you're going to get this percent gain. No, that's not how it works. But I mean, we were looking in the right locations. You know, we verified it made sense. We gave ourselves an edge. And that's the power of being in a community, you know, and, and having Absolutely. some yourself in my network and being able to, to share this information and just as valuable is when the trades go against us, you know, and for example, we had more of a binary trade. I didn't take it to on um, actually, but it was a binary trade for earnings on steel. I think it was oh, X. Yes. U S steel. So we, we saw AKS sell off, you know, right after earnings, I think they were at 15%. And you mentioned the correlation. And sometimes it doesn't work out, right? I'm not saying it's not a great trade idea, but we're at least continually putting ourselves in the highest position for the probability of success. And that's what it's all about, right? And so the so the trade Warren's talking about, and again, uh, Warren's been a premier member of, of Active Day Trader for a year and a half. And the trade that he's talking about is uh, X, United States Steel, and AKS, two highly correlated stocks. AKS came out with earnings and just got obliterated on Monday. And United States Steel, symbol X, was coming out on Tuesday. So what I like is buying the short-term puts in United States Steel, thinking that if AKS got hit because of increasing steel prices, well, United States Steel is going to get hit on the same thing. Well, it turned out so far I was wrong. Didn't expire yet. So I'm not going to say I'm wrong yet. I still have a little bit of time. X came at, it was trading $25. It rallied up to 29 after earnings last trade 2760. So, but even, so Warren, a, 
a trade like that, I bought puts in X. I bought 24 and a half puts in X. And I also bought short-term calls in AKS for nothing. They were like three cents. So I literally could buy as many as I, as many as I needed. But after the earnings came out of X and it rallied up to 29, I'm buying short-term puts in X still right. because they are highly correlated. So I was able to buy the 28 strike puts and I'm doing that to help finance the trade. Still down money, but I'm able to cut those losses in half by having a thesis beforehand and sticking with the trade because I don't think that AKS is going to trade one way and United States Steel is going to trend in the totally opposite direction for an extended period of time. I just They've never done that before. I'm not sure why they're all of a sudden going to start. I, I agree. And, you know, this conversation that we're having, Jonathan, this is exactly why I started, but I started here at Tech Meets Trader. I mean, the stories of the trade, that's what we're trying to portray. You know, it's not always going to go with you and it's not always going to go against you, ideally, right? And by talking through it together as a community and saying, okay, maybe this hasn't worked or it hasn't worked yet, right? Because from someone's perspective of saying, oh, well, if there were weekly options, um, there was a, you know, let's say a binary earnings trade. Well, there's, it's still, it's still in the works. I mean, the correlation breakdown is still there. And the reason why we're fundamentally in the trade, I'm actually not in the trade, but the reason why fundamentally I understand why you're in the trade is because of the correlation breakdown moving forward. You can take those lessons and continue to, you know, improve the, your just market awareness by just talking through experiences just like that. Well, and I, you know, what, what I found throughout my career is it's anybody can really make money. You know, people are going to find winning trades. It's a matter of protecting yourself when trades go against you and limiting losses. So, for instance, if somebody's in a trade and they're down $3,000 and they don't want to stop themselves out and then that three becomes six really quickly, well, if you stop yourself out at three or 3,500, you're not spending the next couple of days trying to make that extra three to 6,000 back. And that, that's really the biggest difference that I see in people who are successful at trading. So even after this example of the steel trade, I had many people emailing me saying, you know, bummer, you know, that trade didn't work. We'll get them back next time. But meanwhile, right after those earnings and I could see that trade going against, I'm rolling up my sleeves and figuring out a way to manage this thing where I can limit the losses. Exactly. And even if it's rolling the contracts out to a further expiration, right? And I mean, I don't, I'm not looking at the options chain. I wouldn't know if that makes sense based off of the pricing and, and, and the chart either. I'm not, I'm not looking at it. But nonetheless, it's a conversation where if you, you know, fully explore the options and you're not just doing it by yourself, because when you're doing it by yourself, I mean, like you, you, you do, right? But from the perspective of you share it with the community and you're always giving feedback. So you have to stick to a thesis, right? Your documentation for you is articulating your thesis because I'm sure you wouldn't have so much you know, mental fortitude if you didn't have what hundreds or thousands of people, you know, looking over hundreds, you. Hundreds, hundreds. Right. <laughs> but yeah. Hundreds. So nonetheless, you, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's really great. And we're all, I guess, just, contributing in, in the same circle and it's, it's working really well for everyone. So let me, let me ask you this too, because I know you do get exposed to so many educators and you've, you've been with me for a good amount of time. 
are you with any other services first? And then two, what's been the biggest difference that you've seen learning my style of trading versus, you know, anyone else or, or even what you see some of your contemporaries learning or approaching the market? What, what's been the, the thing that resonates with you the most? I would say that your, your poise, your, uh, obviously your education lessons every single day, I mean, your program is, first off, let me start by saying is, is you're the, you know, the one and only, if you will, that I've actually been subscribing to for since the start. And, you know, it's the, it's been a great experience for me because I love looking every single day at those five minute videos and just picking up little tricks of the trade. You know, some there's bond futures and I'm learning about um, the knob or, you know, the yield curve or how I can position myself better. I mean, I short five year the contracts outright. That's pretty much my bond trade for the most part. But, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot to learn and having your like breadth of experience where you not only have the week ahead, where you're saying, okay, this is from a swing trader's perspective, which fits my tolerance maybe better than uh, a day trader's perspective. You know, from a swing trader's perspective, this is what we're looking at, and here's the edge, and this is what I see and why. You know, I see that from other educators, but it's a lot more nebulous. And and what I mean by that, Jonathan, is they uh, there's some educators that um, they they'll do it real time, and I think there's a lot of validity behind that, and. I think that if you're, you know, a day trader and you're, you know, if you have a proven system that's stood through the test of time and, you know, you have an edge clearly established, you can totally be successful. I've seen it. I mean, I've seen it through a few people, but nonetheless, it just didn't fit my style. And so the difference with you is even if I do know one of your lessons, I still want to watch it because either it's going to be a good idea and we might want to, you know, piggyback off of you or it's um, something I can add, you know, there's a little bit of education within everything that I can add to my repository. And, you know, it's something subtle, very simple every day. You, you're very consistent, emotionally stable. That's one of the hardest things I've seen from educators is their self mutilation. I mean, they really? don't, frustrated with themselves. They have an audience, you know, and people understand you're going to have bad weeks and you're going to have a bad trade. Uh, but it just can't obviously make it consistent if you're an educator, because then, you know, your followers probably won't be following you for too long. Right. So it's one of those fine balances like for you where it's always been, Hey, here's lessons. You know, I looked at everything with you as the fishing pole. You're giving me a fishing pole as opposed to, you know, here's a bunch of fish. And I really appreciate that even to this day. I mean, I, even just the week ahead trade alerts, I mean, it's everything that's been compiled into your service is so turnkey. It's so smooth. I even have a folder in my email just for active day trader. So whenever, you know, sometimes I get days behind on it, but whenever I get an email from you, nonetheless, it gets forwarded in there and I'll go back and I'll look. And actually some of those have been some of my best opportunities where trades may be gone against you one or two days. And then I'm like, wow, the underlying thesis still holds true while he got in this trade. And I think it's even more apparent than ever. And I've been able to get it at significantly better price levels than, you know, you sometimes using your, your own, uh, you know, education or alerts. That's and the best way we, we, we can head. Yeah, exactly. And then we all happen to pay out and it's pretty, it's pretty cool when that happens. I have a, there's a long-term coaching client who's, he's awesome. He's learned, 
we've been working together since since I started. He's he's real smart. He asks great questions. But one of the things that he said probably about twelve months ago, and I repeat often, is he uses the week ahead. His number one kind of pillar with that is he'll only do trades if he can get better than what I shared on the spreadsheet. Yeah, I do that all the time. <laughs> which is which is great. I mean, absolutely great. He who trades the least usually will end up doing the best. So people, that whole fear of missing out. So I so I share those trades every Sunday evening. And many from just talking with them, they'll jump in the trades first Monday or they'll be so nervous about missing out on the trade. And it's it, that's just something that people create in their head. The whole fear of missing out, it's not real. That's why it's even important to find levels that you're comfortable worth, with, work limit orders. And then, you know, as I say often, if you get filled, great. Those are trades that we want. But if you don't get filled, there's no risk. There's, there's plenty of fish in the sea. There's so much to do that, I don't know, people get themselves in a lot of trouble especially once they start to see others who say they're having success, then they want to jump in and they're like, you know, why not me? Why not me? And that's a bad spiral. Oh, I agree. I mean, I think one of the perfect examples to even support your um, case of the fear of missing out is Bitcoin. I mean, look at, look at the behavioral uh, institution or not institution, but the behavioral, you know, flow that's been going into Bitcoin recently is everyone's just, how can I get in? You know, how much can I buy? What's available? And you, and you see that. And inevitably, you know, one, one day the unsophisticated ventures, uh, investors are going to, you know, be sitting there bag holding eventually, right? I'm not saying it's going to be today or a year from now, maybe two years from now. I look at the underlying technology. So like, the reason why I'm pointing to this one instance is because of the actual algorithms. Uh, nonetheless, I mean, it is totally a fear of missing out in trade when you look at the actual technology that's being brought to market. And yeah, it's probably the most tangible, real-life, news-driven you know, example that I can think of where fear of missing out is, is going to inevitably cause people um, you know, that waited, right? They didn't get in early, they didn't stick to their guns, and they didn't have a plan. And then, you know, one day it's going to go against them and they're going to be panicking and without having a strategy that they're sticking to. And they're going to end up, you know, either losing money or not making as much as they could. Well, it's, and, and something like, like Bitcoin, and, and I'm still in the process of, of learning as much as I can about just cryptocurrencies. But if traders get in there, and right now if Bitcoin's trading 6,000 or 6,500, and somebody gets in there and buys, unfortunately, what's going to happen is if the price goes against and it goes against $1,000 or $2,000 and you see a really significant move, that's when people are going to start convincing themselves, well, I got into it for a trade, but now it's an investment. And that's when it could be really, really dangerous because unless you're really confident and you're willing to, trading terms, fade a move when it goes against you, it's really, really tough to trade something that, that's that volatile right now. And at least I haven't found any way to really tie down your risk unless you're trading different cryptocurrencies against one another, which is right. a viable trade. But right now, because they're not regulated, it's, it's, a, it's a tough do. Oh, 100%. And I mean, so actually, 
we at Technical Trader, you know, looking at scalability and, and really like our next big step, I'll give you a little insider's um, like secret, if you will. And I won't tell anybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've, we've been thinking a lot about integrating Technical Trader with the blockchain, Ethereum-based blockchain, um, the E30 protocol. And I mean, a really amazing concept of having a, a distributed ledger that can you know, facilitate smart contracts, you know, completely autonomously. And you can actually incentivize people for, say, contributions to the platform, right? If you presented a really great trade idea in the community as, as a whole, agreed that, wow, this was really valuable. Now you either learned something or, you know, I was able to profit from it. Or if it was a common and you provided a different perspective, well, that's value that you're bringing into the community, right? And so, Having a decentralized, say, for example, social network for traders, for example, would allow everyone to receive and be incentivized, you know, to share their financial knowledge, their lessons learned, to contribute, you know, valuable uh, insight. Because ultimately, they'll be given tokens, which are and those tokens are, you know, transferable into, say, Ethereum, which is transferable into U.S. dollars. And so, ultimately, by providing good quality content, curating your community. You know, we've been thinking a lot about about decentralizing the network, and it, the the use case is is phenomenal. We would not use Bitcoin protocols at all because their uh, transaction rate limit right now is actually only one transaction for every four seconds, which people don't know about. I mean, Ripple is another token where it, I think it does it the uh, transactions per seconds as four per for every one second, which is being piloted in financial institutions. But nonetheless, I mean, the underlying technological architecture of blockchain, you know, in its very nature is, is that's kind of the, the trade in which people are trying to get exposure to, but I believe that they're using the wrong instrument. Yeah, this is awesome. And by the way, for, for those guys, for everyone listening, now can you see how I'm impressed with this guy? You know, student wins two contents to start, start his own company. He's got a team, they're all working together. I love that you're thinking out of the box. With, uh, with with these tokens, I think it's I think it's a great idea. I don't fully understand it. So, are you talking about where it would be similar to those? The tokens would actually be like a little piece, like a, a stock share of TechMeets Trader. Is that is that the substance behind it? Right, exactly. So, when you think of like a social network, right, you think where does the real value come from? Like Facebook. The real value comes from the users, right? The uh, content that's curated, the engagement that's being taken place, the time on site, you know, the chat messages that are being sent from one party to the next. And by really actually giving the value to the network by decentralizing it through like a blockchain, you know, the people that actually provide the most value are the ones that, you know, receive the most value. So for example, you, you, you if you were to, you know, if, Start educating us, you know, significantly on the platform, and the community and you know consensus was that they really liked your ideas and your contributions or your comment. You know, that's a a representation of the intellectual property that you've created, and through that smart contract, you know, you can actually receive value and merit for your contributions of intellectual property. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. That's, this is one use case, right? Where we've we've just been—it's an entire token economy, really, that you have to build, and and that's kind of its own fun uh, economy model that you, we've been you know working on. But ideally and conceptually, I mean, even if it were to be contest, right, where people can post their own contest and 
um, have it be worth X amount of tokens and people can, you know, receive tokens and distributions based off of say the top three, you know, the top three traders for, for you know, this month or this week or for dividend investors or for futures trading, whatever it may be, you know, you can have your own decentralized gamification and allow everyone to be, you know, compensated that's providing the real value. I think it makes a lot of sense for the users as well, because I would think the biggest pain point would be just credibility. Like who should people be listening to? And right away, if you if, if they see somebody getting good traction on there, you'd have to assume they're getting that traction for a reason. So it makes it more credible. Right, exactly. And the perfect example is, is Steam that's doing it. And while they're overall economy and tokens you know different than what I just described, the whole mantra of being compensated for sharing, you know, quality content is 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 there and it's being put to work. I, mean, I believe that the ICO earlier this year and I was at actually at a meeting with a fund um, yesterday and we were talking uh, on this conversation and you know we looked it up. They were trading at a two hundred and twelve million dollar market cap after a year. And it's a Reddit that is just good quality curated content where the contributors actually get to receive, you know, incentive. It's so cool. And uh, yeah, it's cool. Different different world we're moving to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, nonetheless, it's uh, it's a trade, right? Like it's kind of the way if you, if you can look at it. Is, I'm with you. Everything's a trade. It's a, exactly. It's a, you know, it's you're 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 buying and out of the money call. Yep, exactly. And and, and just. Reference what, what we mean by that was when you buy an out of the money call, you know exactly what you're investing. You're in it for a fixed amount of time and it's going to have a binary outcome. Either it's going to work and it's great, or if it doesn't, hey, you move on to your next out of the money call or out of the money put. So right. I look at all investments like that and, and you know, especially for a young fella, it's a you know, very, very mature way of, of looking at things because it encourages you to take chances as long as you have the, right, the resources and, and you're not wasting resources on it and you have the, and the, the capital to make a speculative play like that. The upside is, is really, really exciting. And it's also puts you guys in front of the cutting edge technology. Right. Exactly. And that's kind of, uh, I mean, it, it's not set in stone at, at the moment, but it was kind of something that's been materializing more and more and just been, you know, verified based off of conversations like I'm just having with you. Right. And, it's exciting. It's really exciting with the opportunity that the technology presents, but I kind of digress and I don't want to dive too much into the rabbit hole, but you know, that whole fear of missing out concept, like I was saying before is, is present, not just in trades and, you know, options and futures, but it's just everything. I mean, uh, whether you're going to go and are you going to quit your current job now and pursue trading full time or even look for a, you know, higher paying job in which you feel like you can get more worth. That's a trade in itself, you know, and it's risk and reward and it's just balancing too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, dude, we, we covered a lot, man. This was, this was really fun. I, I so appreciate you coming and, and hanging out with me. Um, from a personal side, I, I love working with you. I love hearing about your business. You know, even, even this, this is so exciting that, you know, thinking outside of the box, it's, it's completely different and it's a way to, to really separate yourself. So Warren, dude, thank you so much for, for coming and hanging out. I think people really get a lot of a lot out of listening to this. Thanks, Jonathan. I really appreciate you having me. It's been fun. You bet. So uh, lastly, guys, 
Again, activedaytrader.com forward slash podcast. This will be uh, podcast six with Warren Lorenz. And I'm going to have, uh, Warren, if you, if you can send over those pitch videos, uh, I'll put up some lockup information as well and uh, throw up a link for uh, Tech Beats Trader. But definitely go check out the site. It's, it's free. Uh, you can post, just follow along, uh, get some really good information throughout the day. And I, I got to tell you, it's the nicest community that I've come across. Well, thank you, Jonathan. I appreciate it. And everyone's always welcome. Um, feel free, you know, make sure if you, you join, send me a friend request. Let's get connected and uh, let's, let's team up and let's do this together. So thanks for having me. And I'm wishing everyone in your network the, most, the best of success. You bet. Thanks, Warren. Thank you, Jonathan. Thanks for listening to the Trading School Podcast with Jonathan Rose. Be sure to stop by activedaytrader.com slash tradingschool and check out today's free resources.